Welcome to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast, where we talk about life because it happens to everyone, along with some great indie musicians Q&A sessions. So come aboard, kick back, and let's vibe. What's up, everybody? What's up? This is your man, Nathaniel, on the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. Hope y'all doing well. I hope y'all doing well out there. Uh, let's start it off with a positive quote. Sometimes things that hurt you the most teach you the greatest lessons of life. Does anybody out there can relate to that? Yes, indeed, I can. Yes, indeed, I can. So we got a wonderful guest today, Mr. Stephen D. Vern, coming up in a little bit. So hold on. And we're going to get into the conversation. I just want to start the show off and want to thank you guys for tuning in to my podcast. And we're on the move. Hopefully you guys stick around and grow with me. So we're going to keep doing this. Plan on dropping one of these every Sunday. Preferably around noon, but every Sunday. Every now and then I might get some other stuff going on and I might drop them before Sunday. But at least every Sunday you want to drop an episode for you guys listening, enjoyment, and pleasures. So once again, thanks for tuning in to my podcast. Here's another little quote. You know, I got to start it off with some positivity because that's what we're all about. Some good vibes and positivity. Everything in your life is a reflection of a choice you have made. If you want a different result, make a different choice. Sounds simple to me, huh? To some people it is, to some people it's a struggle, but you want different, you choose different. All right. Another one says, laugh as much as you breathe and love as much as you live. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Let the past make you better, not bitter. All right. Okay. 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 Work with that. Work with that. Yes, indeed. And also make sure you're happy with your life offline, too. Ooh, some of you are social media kings and queens out there. So make sure you're happy with your life offline, too. Not just online. All right. So let's get into this. We got a little... uh Segment going. It was pre-recorded with uh, Stephen, and uh, I'm trying out different platforms for these remote interviews. It's not in studio. I'm the only one in studio, but a lot of them are going to be uh, call-ins. I'm trying different platforms. This first platform I used for Steve was uh, I used the Zoom platform to try to call in, and we had a couple of glitches, but still, yet about ninety percent of the conversation is good and understandable. It's good enough to uh, catch the gist of what's going on here. So, yeah, I'll be working with different platforms on these remote calls to see which one is the best one. So work with me, y'all. Work with me. I'm working on it. Let's get into this. I want to welcome to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast Show. Got our first guest. We'll talk about some interesting uh, topic here. Uh, he grew up in the Bronx, and he's been working 23 years with the San Bernardino County Probation, the Juvenile Department, and he was awarded 
Employee of the Year in the year of uh, 2012. And he wrote the Boys to Men program to assist young people with growth and maturity. And during his free time, he plays basketball, baseball, and he enjoys watching sports. Here to discuss the plight of an African-American youth, welcome to the show, Mr. Stephen D. Vern. What's going on, Mr. Vern? Steve. <laughs> Thank you for having me on tonight. What's happening, man? You all right? Is family good? Everybody's doing well. How's life treating you? It's rough out there in the society. Uh, but uh, you uh, you know, above ground, you, I guess you're doing okay. So, right, I agree to that. It's better than uh, pushing up daisies, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people didn't make it over these last two years, so I guess it's, be grateful just to be up above ground breathing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you gotta gotta tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, like like you said uh, earlier, you know, I've been working for the San Bernardino County Probation Department for the last uh, twenty plus years, twenty three to be exact. And um, you know, growing up in New York City, and um, luckily for me, I had uh, two strong parents that made sure that I stayed on the right track uh, of life. Uh, I'm still here. Uh, I'm not, wow, fifty one years old now, and um, when I started my career at San Bernardino County probation. I didn't really even think I was going to be there long. I thought maybe three years tops, I would do it and I would move on. But here I am now, 23 years in. And um, it's been rewarding at times, but also lately, you know, when you really kind of sit back and you really have time to think back on, on all the years of service that you provided uh, for these at-risk kids, you really kind of get down and disappointed uh, with the trajectory of where our young people are headed. And it's very sad and it's also very scary to see um, young people, so many young people, just throw their lives away and don't even get a chance to live their best life because of the choices that they've made. Right. Yeah, it is kind of sad. Different times than when we came up. Had more uh, people holding us accountable for our actions. And uh, I mean, Back where I came from, you you get whipped by your neighbors, and then they tell your parents, and you go home and get some extra whippings. The teachers used to can beat you and everything. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You know, we it took you know it's the old saying is it takes a village to raise a child, but nowadays um, the child is raising the child. You know, the child is raising themselves, and they're they are making bad decisions because there's nobody there who uh, is providing adequate supervision or ad- adequate structure to make sure that our young people are going down the, the right path of success. And uh, like I said, I've been there at the San Bernardino County uh, Probation Department uh, the Juvenile Detention Center for the last 23 years. And um, it's really sad to see so many, you know, young people just literally throw away their lives. Um, they're getting, they're going to prison at a very young age. As soon as it seems like as soon as they turn 18, you're going, you're going to prison. And they don't realize that, hey, doing 10 years, that's a long time doing Doing one year is a long time. Doing 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. You're going to be a, a middle-aged man by the time you see freedom again if you get a chance to get out out of there, out of that system with all you know, all of your faculties in, uh, in place. And uh, when I try to counsel these young people, they really didn't give it really a whole lot of thought until I sit down and I start thinking, uh, you know, start talking to them and getting them to think about their decision-making and what it's cost them. 
And, you know, it starts really at home first, man, first and foremost. The parents are the first wall of the fence when it comes down to our young people making right decisions. Unfortunately, you know, the, the, uh, their, their parents not committed to the to, to, to the long race that it, that it takes to raise a child. They, they seems like, um, in my humble opinion, when they get potty trained, they stop, they stop teaching them. They stop, they stop raising them and they, they send them out there. And when you sign up to be a parent, I'm sorry, man. It's a, you know, it's a 25, 30, 40 year job. It's pretty much, pretty much the all, uh, rest of their lives. You are, you are a mother and you are a father. And it's up to us to kind of put, you know, to give them some foundation to show them the right way and the right path in which way they have to live. And unfortunately, parents have dropped the ball. They have dropped the ball big time. When they try to go back and, and redo some things, it's, it's really too late. It's once, once a kid gets to be the age of 13, it's too late. These kids now are, are, are set in their ways, just like how, as adults, once we hit the age of 50, we're kind of set in our ways, the way we think. <laughs> well, well for, for, for an adolescent kid, 13 is, you know, if you don't get them before they hit 13, you're in for a struggle. You're in for a struggle. You're in for um, a rude awakening. These kids are not listening to you. They tune you out. That The world has a more strong a stronghold on them than you ever will have. And even if you do are, have the wherewithal to be in your kids' lives and stay in their lives, you still have to fight the world to make sure that the world doesn't get a hold of them. Did you know that over 92% of people in the United States are deficient in one or more vitamins or minerals? Unfortunately, the foods we eat just don't have enough of the vitamins and minerals our bodies need to maximize our immune systems, strengthen our organs, and help our bodies perform at their best. It's also the reason why so many people get sick. In fact, over 80% of patients who got COVID-19 were deficient in vitamin D. And up to 82% critically ill patients are deficient in vitamin C. The fact is, we need supplements. And now for the first time ever, you can get the highest quality, most complete supplements on the market for prices that anyone can afford. With Live Good, you can afford to be healthy. Check out joinnatenow.com. Check out the six-minute video. Leave a good name and email, and we'll get with you with more information. Have a great day. Yeah, everything out there is pulling at them. You got two parents. Well, most households, one parent. But even in the two-parent household, you still got everything in the world pulling against you. And it's like you're outnumbered every day, all day. Outnumbered. For the minds of your kids. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, nobody said being a parent was it was ever going to be easy. I mean, that though, so I don't want to uh, misconstrue our, our audience or anything like that. It's but when you do decide um, to have children, it's a lifelong commitment, and you have to be committed all the way through, not halfway, not not fifty percent. Okay, it's a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent job that you have to be committed all the way through, and, and, and unfortunately. Our parents, they're not seeing the, this job all the way through with their kids. Look, I've been there 23 years, and I've seen a lot of kids. I've counseled a lot of kids. I got to be well, well into almost a 1,000 by now wow. of young people that I've talked to. And unfortunately, some of them really, you know, really listen. And unfortunately, you know, fortunately, a lot of them listen. And unfortunately, a couple of them didn't, and they ended up costing them their lives. 
literally. You know, and it, it's hard when you get the word that, you know, so-and-so is no longer with us because they went out there after they got released and they, they did commit another crime. And this time it cost them their lives. You know, I've, I've, I've gotten desensitized almost to it because when you first hear it, it, it troubles you. But after you put in a long time at the, uh, at the at the job like I have, it's almost like, unfortunately, you kind of expect it for some, for some of these young people. Uh. Because the streets, they show more loyalty to the streets um, than any more loyalty. Instead of the loyalty they should show to their family. A lot of them don't come from strong, good families. They come from broken families. And I've seen the gamut. I've seen, you know, unfortunately, a lot of kids are, have family members who are who are gang affiliated and it's hard for them uh, to break that cycle I've, I've, the most of, the number one thing I've seen that lately when dealing with these young people is poverty you know poverty is a big 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 thing a lot of these kids are homeless a lot of these kids don't eat uh, like you know three square meals a day like they should and they're out there you know hungry um, tired scared angry you know any adjective adverb you can use to describe you know uh, negative ne- negative things that's what they're going through and it's unfortunate um, because this contributes to them going out there and getting the things they shouldn't be able to get into. They shouldn't get into. Not at, at 13, 12, 13, you know, 15 years old. They should be in school. They should be, you know, getting educated. And that's another that's another problem with these young people. Education is not valued in, in the home. It's not valued at all. When I was growing up, I had no choice. Uh-huh. It was uh, you going to school and that's it. There was, it wasn't even enough for discussion or debate. We knew that, hey, when the clock wakes you up at 6.30 in the morning, you're washing your face, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, and you're grabbing something to eat, and you're headed on to school, and you're going to do your best. These kids don't even want to go to school. You know, they, they wake up, or they don't want to wake up. They just, they just want to sleep all day. They want to get up when they want to get up. They don't want to sit in class and actually, you know, have a teacher sit up in front of the class and try to educate them and teach them something. So if it's not, if it's not supported at home, and, and, and parents are not Sitting down with their kids, helping them with their homework, making sure their homework is getting done, making sure they go to school and stay in school. What are the odds of your your child living a successful life? Right. Very, very, very little. Slim and none. I can tell you that right now. Those are your two answers right there. Right, because this it's already hard. With, you know, with a, with a functioning parents, you still got to deal with the challenges of the kid going astray, even with a absolutely, home. absolutely. When you do have a uh, you know a, a, a good solid uh, foundation, look, I'm I'm a I'm a father of two kids and i have a, a junior in high school and one's uh in college right now and i don't have to necessarily have to worry about uh my daughter who's in college because she knows how to uh take care of her own business but i still as as a father of a 16 year old uh young man i still have to make sure that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing in that classroom 24 7 365 i check when he doesn't even think i'm checking i'm checking on him make sure his time to get turned in uh he's going to school he's attending class and we have had numerous discussions about what I expect him to get done. And because education is important. It starts there. It starts in the house. It starts, you know, with father figures. And unfortunately, you know, for, fortunately for my son, he has a father. But for a lot of these kids that I deal with at my job, they don't have that strong male in the house. Making sure that, hey, are you getting your stuff done? Are you taking care of business? And, um, you know, when you have multiple kids in the house, in a single parent house, and sometimes, hey, let's be honest. Sometimes there's no parent in the house. Sometimes grandma and grandpa are raising, raising the kids, and that's not their job. Grandma and grandpa shouldn't be enjoying the grandkids, not being parents to, to, to the kids again. They've already did their job. And unfortunately, you know, of course, with with our kids, we always got to keep talking to them, talking to them. And I think a lot of uh, young parents out there, they just give up. They get frustrated. 
they get tired quick. They, they, they don't want to put in the time necessary in order for their ch- their own children to be successful. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, any advice you can give parents or suggestions? Look, you know, it's to me, it's, it's really kind of cut and dry. If, if you are willing to bring a child into this world and conceive a child in this world, that is your job is to make sure that you, you provide for this child. If you don't have the resources to, uh, to, to you know, for, you know, to have suitable housing, um, food on the table, clothes on the back, medical care. Maybe it's not a good idea for you to have and start a family because this is what it's going to take. And not only that, when you when you bring these kids into the world, you have to be there. You have to show them that you care. And it's tiring. I know, and I get it. I understand. There are times when I come home from work on a long day, sixteen-hour days, and you know, all I want to do is get some eating, shower, and go to bed. But but sometimes, hey, I had to help my son with his homework, or I had to sit down and talk to him about a problem that he was having. Same thing with my daughter. You know, and, and making sure that we touch base to show, and it shows them that hey, you know, he cares. He cares about what road I'm going to go down in. He w- he wants me to be successful, and I and they see, you know, they see the tiredness in my eyes, but they also they see the love and concern in my eyes too. That I want them to, be, I want them to have a better life than I have, and what I have provided for them. If they could do, if they could do better than I can, then I felt that I have done my job as a parent. So I would sit there and tell the parents, hey, look, if you're not ready for this type of commitment, please don't have children. Please don't have children. Okay? But if you do have children, hey, you know, this is this is 24-7, 365. And if you're going to be a single parent, uh, raising your son and daughter, you know, hey, the more kids you have, you know, the harder it is. Harder to keep off tabs on all of them. Okay? You have to be smart. Okay? Uh, especially in this day and age of everything being inflated and going up and, you know, cost of living and all that. I mean, man, I, I, I feel for single parents. And I'm not trying to knock uh, uh, single parents. I don't want that to be the message that I'm conveying out there. I mean, God bless them. At least they have somebody who's trying. But, hey, you know, be in these kids' lives. You know, be in your kids' lives. Question them. You're, you're the parent. You could be their friend later. You can be their friend when they get grown and have their own their own place and they're off and running and doing what they're supposed to be doing. But right now, you need to be the heavy. If that if that's the job that, that you have, you know, signed up for, then hey, don't be their don't be your kids' friend. Be their parent. They need that more. Right. Yeah. No time for friends. Be the parent. Be the guidance. Be the leader. And just show them the way, man, and correct them when they're going wrong. You know, when they come to me and say, hey, you know, uh, sir, I have a problem and. I, I need your help. And I always tell them before I even give them what I feel or think, I tell them, look, man, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a lot of times kids want you to, you know, echo their feelings. And sometimes uh, that's not the case. You know, sometimes you got to be held accountable and you need to be told that you're wrong. I don't ever believe in patronizing a kid or petting a kid on the head and telling them it's going to be all right is, is the way to go. Sometimes it's not going to be all right until you decide to fix it, until you decide to make some changes in within yourself that you can do can't worry about so much what's going on in your family you're just a kid and that's another uh, thing that that perplexes me about these kids they they feel like they have to do everything when it's not their responsibility to do everything their responsibility is just to be a kid and they have been uh, put in situations where they have to be the adult and that's not fair to that kid the kids shouldn't have to work paying water bill or paying the light bill or paying the rent or the mortgage or buying food. The kids should be worried about doing their 
best in school and just being a kid. Those type of responsibilities are for adults to be concerned with. And unfortunately, a lot of these kids are getting swept up, like I said, into the poverty and, and feeling like, you know, they have to not, they can't go to school because they have to go to work in order for them to survive. And if they can't find jobs, what, what's the alternative? Crime. Mm. And then they get caught and they get uh, arrested. And next thing you know, they're sent to me. Wow. So over the 23 years, you I mean, looking at the youth, especially the uh, African-American route, it, I mean, it looks like it, the trend is kind of steady, getting better, getting worse. Or, I mean, what does it look like from your perspective on that end? I just think it's it's pretty much getting, you know, you know getting worse. I mean, the kids that I'm dealing with now, I've had, unfortunately, I've had their fathers 10, 15 years ago wow. or their uncles or their that That's how bad. It's got now. I'm starting to have the offspring come in because wow. um, you know the look familiar when you see their files, and you're like, "Wow, I think I might have had this 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 brother." Then I find out after talking to him, it, it, that was their dad. You know, I mean, it's like, Jeez. man, kind of like kind of like going to school, in. high school. Huh? You, you your dad went there, then you went to the same high school your dad went. So in this case, is the the youth detention, and your dad was there, now you're there. It's kind of it's not it's not a good look. You know, it's not a good look, and it's and it's and it's very frustrating, man. Because you know, the same things that I'm telling these young people today was the same things I was telling their their fathers or their uncles or their big brothers uh, fifteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen years ago. Oh. And nothing was really passed down. Hey, you know, saying, hey, don't go down the path that I went. You know, I was taught by this officer. You know, try this, try that. The, the stuff that's not getting relayed to them in, in the way uh, it should get relayed to them. Um, I don't necessarily know. Like I said, I don't necessarily blame the kids, uh-huh. the youth. Uh, I blame the parents a little bit. The parents have to be held more accountable. Um, once again, not all parents. I think there's always, you know, a, a case in there where they maybe have tried to do everything they possibly could uh, to get their kid on the right path. And for whatever reason, the kid chooses to do wrong anyway. So, you right. know, you have to take everything by as a case by case basis. I don't think you should throw the, uh, you know, throw the parents under the bus, so to speak, all the time. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think, you know, in my humble opinion, it's, it's gotten out of control, man. It's, um, you seem like it trends up, up, up instead of down, down, down. But once again, once you sprinkle the variables of poverty and homelessness and not having, uh, the male father in the home or sometimes even the, the, the mother in the home, and you sprinkle a, a different, all different types of different variables that are negative in there. This is what you get. Unfortunately, you get a, a juvenile system full of 15 and 16, you know, 17 year old children that, you know, some of them won't get the second opportunity or, or do over, as I say, until they get out of prison. And it's unfortunate. Wow. So, uh, about the, the boys to men program, is that still in exist now? It is not because um, the probation department, they, they really, really try um, to implement a lot of programs to help these young people while they're in custody. Uh-huh. And I, I will say that some of them help, but also I feel like, you know, some of them, you know, you, you kind of just put a bandaid on the problem. You're not really helping them. You're helping them while they're inside. But what happens when they uh, get released from here? A lot of them go right back to the same environment that they came from that got them in trouble in the first place. Yeah, you kind of need like and a follow-up that, program or something. Exactly. I think that's really what 
most of these kids really need. They need somebody. They need a place where they can go, where they feel they feel like they could be listened to. Yeah, maybe some men, then, some mentorship or something, a positive role models, yeah. male role models, skills that they could also learn. Because um, look, let's just be honest, man. A lot of these kids, you luckily they they, they finish high school. Mm. Um, some of them will, will will be able to finish, and some won't. Once again, it's about education. A lot of a lot of families don't value it, and sometimes the kid don't value it. Like I said, Nate, it it, 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 it there's so many problems. Um, you know, when you fix one problem, then another problem sprouts up. You fix two problems, three more sprout up. That's pretty interesting. So I guess, I don't know, you just got to be positive in your own personal life and your own family and stuff. And then, you know, anytime you can help some young young uh, men or young kids on the wrong path, just kind of redirect them or give them some word of encouragement and stuff. I guess you have to do that, huh? Well, that's all I can do at, 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 at this point, you know, and I, I do it proudly because, you know, I feel like in, in my heart that God wants me to, you know, if I could save one or two, right. it's, it's, it's worthwhile. You know, um, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, I get tired. Uh, I get jaded at times. I get frustrated. And um, I always say, well, that's it for me. I'm not doing it anymore. Whatever happens is going to happen. But then, you know, once I take remove, remove my emotions out of it, I go back in there and I try again. You know, I don't I don't really necessarily give up too easily. But, um, you know, something has to give, man. You know, something has to give because there are very few I would say very few officers like myself that actually take the time, you know, to give a kid his ear, you know, and let me try to go ahead and try to give them words of encouragement or advice or point them down in the direction where I feel they should go. Wow. Yeah. All those, all those youths going to affect our future of this country. So in the, in the lives of other people, you know, they get involved with if they, you know, if they make it that far, straighten yourself up. Yeah. It's just San Bernardino, California, man. I mean, these type of young, young people, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're, you know, they're, they're in Phoenix, Arizona. They're in the Bronx, New York. You know, they're in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're everywhere. These are the type of kids that we have to try to help the best that we can. And um, I'm hoping that there's some more programs out there that maybe we could, you know, start or maybe join in because maybe there's a lot of resources out there that these parents don't know about. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend to the parents who need help, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Reach out to San Bernardino County Probation. There's a lot of things that they do that's that's worthwhile, that's good. But a lot of times, parents don't want they don't want to take advantage of the resources that's been provided for them because of shame or uh, they feel that they got it or they are embarrassed. You know, you know. Look, you know, my grandmother always say, "Closed mouth don't get fed." Right. And if you don't, if if you don't, you know, take advantage of certain things that are around you, then that's shame on you. Because they're all, it was always there. You just chose not to for whatever reason. Cool. All right, Steve. Glad to wrap this up. Uh, it was a good discussion, and uh, hopefully we can uh, just do the best we can do with you know the individuals that cross our paths, and uh, hopefully you know turn them around for to make a better uh, a patron of the society, do something positive. All right. So, thank yeah. you, Nate. Thank you for having. You have a good evening. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming over, this. Nate. Daniel Noble Jr. Podcast is our first guest. But yeah, we'll we'll tune in and later and uh you have a nice evening and uh we'll talk to you in the future. Thank you. All right, thank you, sir. All right, that concludes our show for this week. Like once again, we want to thank Stephen D. Byrne for coming in. 
and spending some quality time with us and sharing his story and information. Until we meet again, stay positive, spread love, not hate. Thanks for listening to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. If you've enjoyed our show, make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. We appreciate every one of you. 